Well, it's good to be back. I have been gone for the last couple of, couple or so weeks on vacation. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to get away. It was a great opportunity for Teresa and I to go see family in North Carolina and my family in South Carolina, Georgia, uh, also to get to D.C. for a little bit and have Isaac get to ex- see D.C. for the first time. So that was really cool. So thank you for that. Um, I wanted to share with you as we get started today, though, that as I left, and also even while I was on vacation, there was something, there was kind of this growing frustration in me. And I don't know if this was happening in you or not, but it certainly was with me. And it was over this latest wave of violence that's been going on in our country. Have you been noticing it if you watch the news? I mean, last month with with uh, cops killing uh, black civilians, civilians killing cops, black and white, uh, people all over trying to remind our country that black lives matter and that blue lives matter too. And then, did you guys hear while I was gone about this 18-year-old here in Tucson who was charged with inciting terrorism for getting ready to attack the Jewish community center here in town? I mean, holy cow, I could not believe that. And then it, but it seemed like every time I turned on the news while I was on vacation, it was just another bombing, another terrorism attack somewhere. Nice, France, you know, Kabul, Baghdad, it just seemed one after another after another. And I remember at one point when no one else was around and I could talk out loud to God, and, and I was just saying, I said, God, what is the deal? What is wrong with these people? I remember just kind of getting on my high horse for a little bit with God and just getting so frustrated. I even thought about Psalm 94, which says, you know, uh, what was that? It was, how long, O oh Lord? How long will the wicked triumph? And I was just honest to. And God asked me to stop my little rant and go to the book of 1 John and read it from, from beginning to end. And as soon as God put that on my heart, I felt like I kind of knew where he was going with it. If you know what 1 John is about, the book's basically about telling us how to love others well. I'm like, oh, all right, God. But I did it. I started reading through this book, and I was at telling myself and telling God, God, I don't know why you're asking me to read this. I don't have any trouble with loving people. I mean, I don't hate cops. I, I don't hate people of other races. I don't know what the deal is here with these people. And then as I was reading it, though, more and more, God started speaking to me and helping me realize, yeah, I may not, be, I may not have a difficult time loving people in those areas, but there are plenty of areas in my life where I really struggle with loving people. I don't know if that's true of you or not. Are there places in your life, are there people in your life that you just have a really hard time loving and loving well? I know it's true for me. God showed me the hypocrisy in my life that day as I was reading 1 John and realizing all the different ways in my life, even recently, that I've come short of loving people well. There's so many ways that we fall short of loving people well. And oftentimes, if you're like me, we tend to minimize it, don't we? We tend to, we see how others are acting and we think that's terrible, but then when we look at what's going on inside of us, we kind of, it's like, well, yeah, but there's a reason for it, right? John 13, 35 reminds us that above all else, above everything else, our ability to love well is that one thing that distinguishes us as followers of Jesus from the rest of the world. That thing. Loving others well. Today, my one prayer for Grace Community Church, and my prayer started for me, for myself, is that we could learn to love others even better than we already do. This church is an amazing church. We're a church that has openly loved and embraced people of all kinds, with all kinds of struggles in their lives. We have classes that meet during the week for all all sorts of people to be able to help them with the struggles they're going through. We do this so well, but yet we can't sit on our laurels and just assume for ourselves that we've got this love thing figured out, right? 
With each one of us, I believe God wants to speak to us today and help us to see those areas of our lives we'd rather not see. Those areas of our lives where we don't tend to love others well. Maybe it's an individual in your life or two. Maybe, maybe it's just a certain type of person that just, just gets under your skin, right, when you're around them. Those type of people that you tend to want to ignore or treat with less kindness. Those that you tend to be a little more judgmental toward than others or that you show less compassion to for whatever reason. I'm praying this morning that God would shine a bright light on every one of us this morning, starting with me, and help us to see those people, those areas of our lives where we don't tend to love well, where we don't tend to love to the max. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I have no idea. Maybe for you, the idea of you, know, you don't struggle with liking cops or you don't struggle with liking people of other races. Maybe you think, how, I don't even understand how people could be that way. But I bet you, if you think about it, there are those places in your life where you struggle. Maybe for some of you it's around financial status. Maybe, maybe you're around sometimes people who are poorer than you and you just, there's that thing inside of you that says, ah, they probably deserve it. They're probably lazy. They don't really, they don't really focus themselves like they should and do what they're supposed to do. Or maybe for you it's the rich. Maybe it's those that you know, those in your life who are richer than you. And there are those times that you see those who are richer than you making decisions with how they spend their money and it just grates at you. And you think there's this little righteous thing that you want to say that rises up in you. And you just think that's just so wrong. Maybe, maybe appearances are what you tend to struggle with. Those people who you see that tend to be, in your mind, a little bit overweight or, or those who dress differently than you do and you just don't like the way they dress. Or those who had that color hair that you think should, no one's hair should be that color, right? Or those tats on their body. and whatever. I don't know what it is. What is it with you, for you that just makes you go, mm, when you're around another person? Maybe for you it's, it's someone who is homeless or someone who has made some other lifestyle decision that you just find unacceptable. Maybe it's even those people... Maybe for you, it's those people who treat you in life the way you don't deserve to be treated. And every time you're around them, you just want to kind of run the other way. You just want to avoid them so that you don't say something that you're going to regret later. Sometimes I find that I am judgmental of those uh, who are judgmental. Have you ever had this happen in your life? It's, it's the craziest thing when God showed this to me when I was reading First John. How I get so judgmental and so bent out of shape around people who are racist or just people who are rude or self-absorbed, or constantly negative, or fault-finding of other people. Those kinds of people just grate on my nerves sometimes, right? And I just thought it was humorous how we can be judgmental about the judgmental, and we can hate the haters. I mean, it's just craziness. This particular week when I was on my high horse with God that he quickly lowered, I, I remember God reminding me of these two people that were in my life just from a couple of days earlier. I was in this, involved in this situation where this elderly lady, this widowed lady, was a, was, who had, didn't really have much any family left all in this world. She was in the hospital, not doing well. And these two people, I found out, were stealing from her while she was in the hospital. And this justice thing just rose up in me, and it was everything I could do to not just do something as a pastor that I would totally regret. When I was around these two people, let alone try to be loving and kind to these two people because I had to deal with them in my life. And I remember God showing me as I was reading 1 John, as I was trying to justify this feeling I was having toward them. It's like God was showing me, Dave, how can, how can you justify that? They're my children. So who are those people in your life? 
Who are those people that it's just really difficult to love? (laughs) Who are those people that it's a challenge for you to love unconditionally to the max whenever you encounter them? Well, turn with me, if you would, to 1 John chapter 3. No surprise, that's where we're going today. I want to just spend a few minutes kind of digging into this passage and showing you some of the things that God was showing me and hopefully will, will bless you as well. Today we're going to be talking about loving people well. And I'm not talking about romantic love here. I'm talking about those people that it's most difficult to love. And we're going to see that more than anything, more than anything, Scripture tells us loudly and clearly that God puts us here on earth to love others well. To love Him well and to love others well. And you know what? That love is most obvious in our lives when it costs us something. Listen, the the degree to which you truly love God is based on how well you love those that you like the least. That's good preaching. I'm going to say that again. I don't know what kind of preaching you guys had while I was gone. I assume it was good. That's good preaching. I want to say that again. The degree to which you love God is based on how well you love those that you like the least. It's true. There you go. Glad I could wake you guys up. Jesus told us, he says, those that you refuse to help, those that, the, those that, you, that you treat the worst, the, the, it, it, even remember the passage about Jesus talking about the least of these, what you've done to the least of these you've done to me? I mean, God, God was just nailing me with this here in the last few weeks. So before we dig into 1 John chapter 3 this morning, I just want to take a minute and let's just pray. Because we can get into this scripture and we can, you know, if you're like me, your mind can be all about thinking about all the other people in your life who don't do this well and not about yourself. (laughs) And so for the sake of all of us, let's just take a moment and just be quiet in God's presence and just ask God to just do a work in our hearts today. Lord, I, Lord, I, I, as much as I hate to say it, I thank you for, for working in me in this area. Lord, Sometimes we can pride ourselves in how well we think we're doing with our faith. And then these little things come up and you show us how much we're in need of your mercy and grace. God, I pray today that you would help every one of us in this room and those who are listening online. Help us, Lord, to see those types of people that we tend to treat less kindly. Those people that we don't treat with unconditional love. Those individuals, Lord, that even now you're bringing to our minds and... You're making us squirm a little bit in our seats, but Lord, would you help us today to take this seriously, this thing that's really important to you. And Lord, we see through Scripture how big a deal this is for you. Help us, Lord, to love people unconditionally, to love people and to see people as you see them. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John 3. I'm just going to start by reading verse 11 to you. It says, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. From the beginning, we should love one another. In our world today, love really is conditional, isn't it? It's fleeting, it's unreliable, it's even based on performance at times, even though it shouldn't be. God reminds us over and over and over again in Scripture to not let our guards down and fall into this sort of behavior. This message, this message about love is at the core of Scripture. It's the foundation of our Christian faith. It's God's central message. It's the one that comes through from the beginning of the book, from the beginning of the Bible to the end. We see it in 1 John 3. 
We see it in other places in 1 John, like chapter 2. Read the Gospels, you can't miss it, right? You can even go all the way back, way into the Old Testament, way back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Remember what Deuteronomy 6 says, for those of you who happen to have that on the tip of your head? Deuteronomy 6, love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. I mean, and love your neighbors yourself. These two things are the greatest and the second greatest commandments that Jesus gave us. Yet so oftentimes we kind of put them aside. Jesus says that all the commands that God has ever given us hinge on our ability to love well. God created us with this very need to be loved, every one of us. It was God's branding that he has put on each one of our lives. It's what identifies us as his handiwork. It's his masterpiece. It's his children. I tell you, when the church started off at just after Jesus, it, this, was, this was the thing that was they, the early church recognized, we have to do this well. I mean, if you look back in history, what you see is, if anybody had a right to be angry with other people, if anybody had a right to not like other people in general, it was the early church. The early church had the Romans to deal with, right? They had... Their, the Jewish leaders, their own kinsmen who were wanting to kill them to stop them from, pass, from passing around this message of Jesus. I mean, they knew that this idea of loving others well, they knew that if they didn't do this well, that the whole thing was going to fall apart. And so they, they took this very, very seriously. And what we, find, what we now know is that there was this, this little booklet that the early church created. It was called the Didache. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, I found out about it many years ago. It was kind of like the Cliff Notes version of Christianity. You see, very, very early on in the church, perhaps some scholars believe that the Didache was even written before the New Testament was written. Is that old? It's this very, very short document, and it was kind of like what the early church fathers used to tell people who didn't know anything about Christianity. They said, if you don't, this is the stuff you need to really nail. This is the stuff you need to know really, really well. And it talked about things like baptism and the importance of baptism and what communion means. And it, it, was, it was actually a document that was lost to history for a long period of time. When you read through the first several centuries of the early church fathers, you see them referring to the Didache a lot. But then it just kind of disappears. And it wasn't until about 100 years ago that a copy of it, this copy, was actually found in an ancient library with some other documents. And they realized they finally had one of the copies of the Didache again. And the Didache, what it, when you read it, it's actually a very, very short read. It's in your online sermon notes if you care to read it uh, today or when you get home. It takes you like maybe five minutes to read it. Um, but what you see is in the very opening lines, the way this, this little thing, this little Cliff Notes version of Christianity starts, it talks about there's a way to life and there's a way to death. And it says, you know what the way to death is? Not loving others. It says, love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't do, that's the way to life. If you do that, you have found the way to life. And if you don't do those two things, then you're on the path to death. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Yet it's so hard for us to do sometimes, isn't it? It really is. Because sin gets us off track and we mess this up so much. The main scripture for us today in 1 John chapter 3, it shows us that with a man by the name of Cain. Look at 1 John 3 in verse 12. It says, We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. 
You see, back in the book of Genesis, we find out that Cain was the first person who was ever born. And he was also the first person to ever hate another person to the point of actually killing them. He killed his own brother in a jealous rage. In verse 13 here, it says that those of us who are like Cain's brother, who love God, that we will also be hated in this world. But then it says if we don't love those people who hate us anyway, that we're, we're just as guilty of murder as Cain. Or the cop killer, or the racist cop on the streets. It seems like an impossible task to love people in that kind of way, doesn't it? But it gets worse, or it gets better. You think that's hard enough. Look at how this, as this continues in verse 16. It talks about how it's not just that love looks like us saying to someone we love them, or even, even tolerating people. Love is about being sacrificial. This is when it really gets hard. Look at verse 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? This sacrificial thing, it it takes this whole thing to a whole other level, doesn't it? It's one thing to not hate someone, to not harbor feelings or act out against someone else like Cain did. It's a whole other deal to treat people that we dislike the least by showing them sacrificial love. It means more than pretending, it means demonstrating it, even those who totally don't deserve it. It means being patient. It means being kind to those we'd rather not be kind to. It means keeping up no record of wrongs with them in your mind. It means putting up with every circumstance that comes about and not giving up on someone. It means laying down your own desires, your own needs for those desires and needs of others. And it even says here, it says what love looks like, what sacrificial love looks like is if you see someone in your life who has a need and you can meet it, then love looks like meeting that need. It means it looks like not saying, oh, well, somebody else will take care of it. It means Me stepping up to the plate and saying, I'll take care of it. It's on me. Jesus called us to literally lay down our lives for others. And the very next day, you know what Jesus did in his life? He laid down his life for you and for me. As his friends, as his disciples abandoned him, his body was broken and bruised for us. That kind of love isn't just tolerant. It isn't just nice. That's the kind of love that sacrifices much. You know, there's a great example that I heard about with this just recently. There was a counselor who was meeting with this young man, really successful young man in the business world. Everything in his life seemed to be perfect. But he kept coming to see a counselor because he had troubles finding the the right person to to be a life partner with him. And he, he kept going to this counselor over and over again for months. And he would talk about these difficult times he'd have with going out on dates and hanging out with these girls and just he he was with his counselor again this one particular day and he's just telling her he's just telling him about this story of this date he had just gone out with on you know the night before and he was saying you know what there's everything in my life it, it, I don't know why I don't really I'm not really attracted to her but I'm just not I'm just I don't know, I just don't have any feelings and I don't understand why I keep going through this chain of, of women and I and I can't figure out why I can't seem to be attracted to another woman. And, you know, the counselor was listening kind of passively. And he says, you know, well, 
our time's about up for today. Why don't we schedule another time for us to get together? And he says, you know what? That really, that really won't be necessary. And he says, why? Do you feel like you're kind of figuring things out now? And he says, no, not really. He says, I just won't be around after today. And then the counselor said, well, why won't you be around after today? Are you moving or something? And he said, no, I'm killing myself today. Just matter of fact. He says, I, I took a bottle of pills before I came in this morning, and I'll be gone soon. And he said, why in the world would you do that? You have the perfect life. And he said, counselor, I don't know why you haven't picked up on it before now, but I, let me tell you, I, it's because I'm not attracted to women. I'm attracted to little girls. And he says, I know you can't fix me. I know you can't change me. I've tried. I can't fix me. I am defective. I'm sick. I'm unlovable. I can't even risk hurting someone in my life. The world would be better off if I were just dead. The counselor quickly jumped into action and he got some other professionals involved, got into a hospital, pumped his stomach, saved his life. And he thought, the counselor thought he had done the right thing and then he realized that God was tugging on his heart and saying, you're not done yet with this guy. You're to take it a step further. And so he committed, this counselor committed to walk alongside him day by day and help him even though he was repulsed by this man now and his desires. And he saw little hope himself of ever being able to help this guy or to change him. That's love. That is a God kind of love that we just can't understand, right? But it's the kind of love that God through his Holy Spirit can give us with people who we struggle to love the most. And it's a love that doesn't just get there with in good intentions or good words. It's a love that requires action on our parts, just as with this counselor. Look at verse 18. It says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. This verse is saying to us that, that this act, when, we, when we act on love, it gives us this confidence. It reminds us that God is at work in our hearts and doing things in and through us that we can't do on our own. It shows us that our relationship with God is real and our faith is alive because faith without works is dead, right? Such sacrificial action causes other people to take notice. The, it take, causes the world to take notice, the people, for people to realize that there's a lot, of validity, a lot of validity to faith. These days, how many times have we heard the church being judged by the rest of the world saying, what? They're judgmental, right? They're not loving. They say they're loving. They're not really loving. What would it look like for the church in northwest Tucson? What would it look like for us to stand out from all the other churches that it's so easy for the world to judge and realize, hey, I don't know what's going on at that place, but they figured out something. They've got something right. Because they seem to love everyone who walks through their doors unconditionally. Not only that, they go out in their community and they're constantly grabbing people and they're showing the love of God to people that I can't even stand to be around. I don't know how they do it. Well, we'd be able to say, it's not us. Right? The power of God giving us the ability to love others well. What would it look like for you and I to be ambassadors of Jesus and show the world who God is through this one thing. By doing this one thing well, as God puts those most difficult people across our paths, those people, we, as soon as we see them, we want to go the other way. 
that we engage and we show unconditional love. That is what God has us here for on this earth. More than anything else, it's the lesson he wants us to learn. I feel like God's saying to us through the pages of Scripture, if you don't get anything else right, get this right. Love me, the Lord your God, and love others. Love like that takes action. We don't just do it so that it's in times when others will notice. Love tries to help even when it's inconvenient. Love never assumes that, oh, someone else will do it. Love makes allowances for others and it looks for the best in people rather than dwelling on their shortcomings. And love forgives much. It has to. Jesus loved us just as we are and then he said to us, now I want you to go and do the same. Do we? Do we do this well? You know, I, I think for many of us, we do do this fairly well. Some of us more than others. But then there are those times, right? There are those times when God just puts that certain person in front of us. Or he puts that type of person in front of us. And everything in us reacts differently than what we hope and wish we would. God is looking for a people who will be known for loving others well. What would it look like if we were a body of believers who did that well, if nothing else? Those people I was telling you about a little bit earlier who were trying to steal from that elderly lady, really hard for me to love them. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I still struggle with that. There, there was a time when God was dealing with me about this a few weeks ago. It, was every, it took everything in my power to not crawl through the phone lines and strangle them with the cord. I was so angry at these people. And God, by his grace, has constantly reminded me and put those faces in my head over and over again to wear me down and to break me and to cause me to surrender so that when I'm running into those people, when I do, I am able to show them the unconditional love of Jesus for at least a few minutes. <laughs> I bet, I bet there are people in your life like that today. People that it's just really hard to love. Who it's far easier to just ignore or to be nice around rather than showing sacrificial love toward. What would Christ say to you this morning about that situation or those situations? Grace, let's be a church who do this well. Who continues to do this well. Who... Don't just look at the faults of others because we have plenty on our own, of our own. But a church that demonstrates sacrificial love to the least of these every single day. That we shine Jesus. That we show the world who Jesus is by doing this one thing well. As I think about this, I think about this little girl who decided to do something to show that her community how to love others well. Take a look at this video.
Father, help us to follow the example of this little girl. Help us, Lord, to see those ways that we can go above and beyond what is expected, what the world would expect of us, and to love people unconditionally. Lord, in those situations that each one of us go through where we struggle with loving someone, Lord, would you help us to have... To, to see them as you see them, to have the heart that you have, and to truly love unconditionally. Lord, forgive us for those times when we tend to be more judgmental of others. We tend to write people off. Lord, in those moments, help us to press in and to show love even when it's uncomfortable. Lord, we thank you even as we say this because we recognize And many of us in this room that as followers of Jesus, you have done that very thing for us. You have loved us when we are completely unlovable. (laughs) You have forgiven us when we had no reason to be forgiven. We didn't deserve it. God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you realized we couldn't just get it by reading the pages of Scripture, that you literally had to come to earth as a human, to come as Jesus, and to just make it really, really clear to us that we need to figure this out, how to love you and how to love others to the max. God, we love you. We say to you today, thank you for the many ways that you have loved us even when we're unlovable. And if you're here today, by the way, and you've never said yes to Jesus, as we're praying this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Him, to this God of love who 
even though it may be hard to understand, He loves you far more than you can possibly imagine. And He's reaching out to you today and He's asking you to allow Him into your heart. To surrender your own desires, your own will, your own plans, your own agendas to His. Because He has the best plans, the best agendas, the best heart for you. If that's you this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus, or maybe you need to, you feel like God's calling you to recommit your life to Him because of things where you feel like you've kind of strayed away from God for a season, it's okay. Let's just take a moment together and pray together and ask God to come into our lives in all of His fullness as we trust Him by faith. Lord, we thank You for Your Son and how he, you, you gave everything on the cross for us. God, we ask that You would forgive us of our sins, those sins that we remember committing and even those that we don't remember anymore that have separated us, that have distanced us from You. God, we ask that you would forgive us of all those things and separate them as far away from us as the east is from the west, as you say in Scripture, and that you would remember them no more. God, we ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit as we confess that you are our Savior and our Lord who gave everything for us, who, as a, who sacrificed everything for love. Lord, we ask that you would begin to do a work in us and change us from the inside out. Make us into the men and women of God you've called us to be, especially, Lord, in this area of love. Lord, help us to, to feel your heart breaking for others around us that we have found difficult to love. And Lord, change us. Help us to feel what you feel and know what you know, that they are precious creations of yours, just as we are. In Jesus' name, amen.